Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast about things that could happen or in today's case are about to happen. Uh, I want to talk to you today about the Friendship Park, which exists between San Diego and Tijuana. If you haven't spent time at the border, it's difficult to understand how, despite getting bigger and uglier every year, it feels at once omnipresent and non-existent. Friendship Park was always one of the places where the border loomed, but it never quite managed to beat out the tremendous feelings of goodwill you could experience there on a Saturday morning. On a piece of sand, next to a steel fence, that demarcates the end of the United States. Borders exist to control us, not to protect us. And this is never more apparent than it was at Friendship Park, where you could watch grandparents meeting grandkids and dreamers checking in with their parents. At Friendship Park, a half-century-old institution that allowed families divided by the border to meet across the French, the border certainly didn't make anyone feel safer. But over time... People who had never set foot on the two miles of sand in Imperial Beach that many families walked across weekly to be together made laws that would make it even harder for those families to be together. For decades, the park was the only place these mixed immigration status families could come together. People flew from across the US to meet relatives who were trying to make the crossing north to join their friends and loved ones. It was an emotional place, but most of the time it was a happy place. You could see kids having parties on the Mexican side. And sometimes concerts would take place, with the band split between two countries with playing one tune. On the Tijuana side, the fence is covered in murals. At moments, 
It felt like a small victory over the pointless cruelty that happens here on a daily basis. The park itself was opened by Pat Nixon in 1951. At the time, she said, I hope there won't be a fence here too long. But since then, the US government has built a secure fence in the 1990s under Bill Clinton. Then a supposedly more secure fence following 9-11. Then it built a secondary wall in 2009. In 2012, a gate was installed to allow people to enter at certain times on weekends and meet their families separated by just one barrier. Now, there are plans to replace that secondary wall by building a 30-foot wall under the pretense that the current structure is unsound. This new wall, made to the Trump design but built under Biden's instruction, will not have a gate. And the last place in the country that families could touch and heal will be gone forever. Customs and Border Protection blocked access to Friendship Park in February 2020. Heavy rains that year forced state officials to temporarily close Borderfield State Park, the larger park in which Friendship Park is nestled. Since then, Border Patrol has not opened the gate that lets people unite briefly with their families. They claim an influx of migrants has prevented them from having the staffing required to open the park. But on weekends, agents are posted up right by where the park gate is anyway in case people try and make the crossing without permission, in order to see the families that many of them have been separated from for over two years. Throughout those two years, I've crossed to Tijuana to report on the growing number of people come from around the world, from Haiti, from Central and South America and Ethiopia, and recently Ukraine, to name but a few countries. Despite the heartbreaking stories of danger, fear, and loss, and separation from the people they love, they haven't been able to file asylum claims due to the Trump administration's spurious use of public health laws to severely and illegally limit asylum. I don't have time here to explain the entirety of the Migrant Protection Protocol in Title 42, and I don't really want to either because the justification behind them isn't what's important. The cruelty they manifest is what's important. Joe Biden, who came to office promising a kinder approach, has defended some of these policies in court with the Department of Justice. And the particular cruelty of Title 42, which allowed authorities to expel migrants who arrived at US land borders, has persisted, despite Biden's recent change of heart, because several states managed to sue successfully to keep it in place. In the midst of all this, more and more people have been separated by the border. Now, the Biden administration is looking to permanently close the one little island of hope that remained on a beach at the end of America. Obviously, a park with a massive fence doesn't solve a broken system or make the cruelty any less cruel. But it was a place for healing and kindness and love and families. And now that place too is under threat. I caught up with Robert Vivar, a friend of Friendship Park, to talk about the park, the threats to it, and what you can do to help. Robert, would you like to start off just by introducing yourself and explaining uh, sort of where you fit in this uh uh, in the Friendship Park world and in the world of the border more generally? Absolutely, James. Uh, my name is Robert Bivar, and I'm part of the uh, Friends of Friendship Park Core Leadership Group. And, uh, you know, the reason I'm, I'm so involved uh, with Friendship Park and why Friendship Park is so important to me uh, is because I was actually one of those uh, family members uh, that at one point in my life I was deported. And uh, the only... Uh, way that I was able to see some of my family uh, 
was through the border wall there at Friendship Park. Uh, in particular, my son, who is uh, active duty military, and uh, because of his military status, um, you know, was not able to to come across the border, or it was very difficult for him to secure authorization from his command uh, to be able to cross the border. And therefore, the only type of uh, visit um, that I could have with my son and, and my my granddaughters uh, was through that border wall. Uh, so firsthand, I, I understood very well uh, the importance of uh, allowing on the weekends, uh, at least for you know a few hours on the weekend, that opportunity for families to uh, to be able to uh, to meet there at Friendship Park. Yeah. So perhaps we should explain for people who aren't here in San Diego what the uh, what Friendship Park is, right? Or perhaps what it was in say 2019 before it was shut. Absolutely. Uh, back uh, prior to COVID, uh, Friendship Park is a uh, binational park uh, separated by a border wall, actually by two border walls on uh, the southwestern tip of uh, the United States uh, bordering uh, Mexico. It's a border between Imperial Beach and uh, Tijuana Beach. And uh, Friendship Park is actually uh, a strip of land inside Porterfield State Park. Uh, and that strip of land is in between um, two uh, border walls, border fences, if you, if you may say so. <laughs> Uh, and that part uh, is uh, considered uh, to us Friendship Park, uh, which is the area where uh, persons, uh, families, uh, mixed status families from both sides of the border would meet. Uh, but it wasn't only a place for families to meet. It's also a place for uh, people of good uh, nature of the United States and Mexico to be able to meet. And, uh, and also uh, extend their friendship uh, between the two countries and the two communities. Uh, you know, back uh, 50, uh, almost 51 years ago, this is the area that uh, then First Lady Pat Nixon um, actually uh, inaugurated as uh, International Friendship Park and actually went as far as cutting a uh, barbed wire or having the Secret Service cut the barbed wire there at the park so she could reach across uh, to the Mexico side and hug the people of Mexico uh, because of the, uh, the, you know, the sentiment, the feeling of, of that friendship uh, between the two countries and, you know, her very famous words uh, that she wished that there would no longer be a fence here to separate these two great countries. And of course we know that uh, uh, 51 years later, or almost 51 years later, uh, that has taken a, a, an opposite uh, course of direction, uh, where we now have uh, two border walls. Plans are to uh, erect two even higher, uglier eight walls uh, to divide our two great countries. Yeah. So perhaps, again, I think people um, have a very... Uh the way that people see the border when they don't live on the border is very different to the way we see the border when we live on the border, right? Um, and I think part of that is in this understanding of walls and fences and barriers and uh, the various things which we have already along the border, right? So um, 
maybe you could give us a little sort of potted history of the different, uh, I think you're right, they're secure fences, right, that were built uh, through the Friendship Park and, and across the sort of uh, San Diego-Tijuana area. Right. Well, uh, you know, again, for the longest time, the only uh, fence that used to uh, separate the two countries was that uh, that strand of barbed wire. Uh, however, uh, after Operation uh, Gatekeeper 9-11, um, it was uh, decided to uh, to build a, uh, a sturdier fence. And then uh, in uh, 2011, a secondary fence uh, was erected. And at that time, uh, the threat of uh, the park being closed uh, again uh, because of the advocacy of Friends of Friendship Park, uh, it was negotiated with uh, with uh, Border Patrol uh, that the uh, the park would uh, continue to remain open uh, with a limited access of at that time twenty five persons um, at a time uh, on Saturdays and Sundays from uh, ten o'clock in the morning to two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, that second uh, wall was erected when uh, the federal government. Uh, claimed uh, eminent uh, domain from the state of California and acquired uh, that piece of land, uh, which is uh, uh, now considered uh, the enforcement area and, and to us uh, is the area that uh, we better known as uh, Friendship Park. Right. And so um, what's the, there's a threat to the park now, right? There's a, there's a new threat. And I think people uh Again, I might not have realized that uh, we're continuing to build border wall, border barrier, border dike, it's sometimes called, uh, depending on which part of the uh, country you're in. But can you explain how, despite Joe Biden having signed this executive order saying, uh, what he claims saying, not one more mile of wall, how are we still having this threat of building a a bigger, uglier wall? Right. And, and, you know, I think that's, uh, that's precisely the question. Uh, that Friends of Friendship Park are asking, that why is it that uh, if uh, President Biden uh, has stated that he would not build one more inch of uh, Trump's border wall, all of a sudden now has uh, decided uh, to finish uh, the construction of, uh, of Trump's border wall. Uh, it's a question that, that, um, that we all ask. Uh, and it's part of the... Um, uh, the petition that uh, we have reached out to uh, uh, Border Patrol as to uh, the inclusion of the public in, uh, in those plans on uh, continuing the replacement of uh, that wall with uh, 30-foot bollard uh, uh, fencing. Yeah, and that 30-foot bollard fencing, that's what people will be familiar with as the, the Trump wall, right? That is correct. Uh, something that, you know, the fencing that exists right now, uh, you know, it's it's there. And I guess uh, even though we, we may not like what it is and, and what it represents, uh, you know, but it is there. But now to go even further and further desecrate our park with two 30-foot bollard-style uh, fences, uh, just completely uh obstructs the the aesthetics of of the park uh, desecrates our park yeah um so 
yeah, with this sort of further threat to the park looming, you you touched on it earlier, but I'd like to go back to like what the park means, uh, especially to families who are separated by the border, right, and can't cross to see each other. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, on on uh, when the park was open on on a weekly uh, on a weekend basis, now uh, you know we would have families. Uh, you know, for example, grandmothers that had never met their their grandchildren, you know, meet their grandchildren for the first time right across that border wall. You know, mothers that hadn't seen their their kids in twenty, twenty five, thirty years. Uh, you know, the joy of you know of, of being able to at least see them across that border wall and, and just you know a couple inches away from them and even though you know nothing could pass through through that barrier um the only thing that was able to to pass through the um the orifice there on the wall or the fencing uh was the tip of your finger uh which is why uh we kind of uh uh created what we call the pinky kiss because that's the only thing that would reach across and that's the only way we would be able to hug and kiss our loved ones on the other side of the border. Um, very significant. And, you know, something that um, uh, that we hope more people would understand is that, you know, by having the park open and families allowed to be able to visit across that fence, it would allow people, even though it's not the best scenario, but at least it would give people, it would give families the opportunity to remain being a family, to have a little bit of contact with their loved ones, something very important. We keep hearing about uh, reasons for, you know, border walls and more uh, tech, uh, uh, tech and, and security and so forth is because incursions. Well, to us, this is one of the reasons why, uh, you know, we have more incursions uh, because people get desperate from losing contact with their loved ones, that they're willing to risk their own life to be able to reach their loved ones. That's why you have increase in people trying to swim across the border wall. That's why you have people uh, reaching out to further points in the desert trying to reach their loved ones. That's why you have people uh, climbing uh, some of these 30 foot walls and falling and, uh, uh, you know, bravely uh, injuring themselves because you get to the point that your family is everything in your life and you're willing to risk your life to reach that family. When uh, border, uh, when Friendship Park was uh, open, uh, we had a lot of conversations with a lot of people that, that came to the park to visit their families. And in speaking to them, uh, they would tell you that you know, being able to see their their families, their loved ones, and, and uh, sharing those moments together was very comforting and very energizing and motivating to continue to fight uh, to search for a legal opportunity to be, be able to reunite with their loved ones. Yeah, and I think we should point out that like since 2020, since the park has been closed, it's not just the park being closed, which has created like a hostile environment for people seeking asylum or seeking to reunite with their families in the United States, right? We've had the Migrant Protection Protocol, uh, which is better known as Remain in Mexico, right? And we've had Title 42, uh, sometimes called Catch and Release, both of which 
do the same things that you said, which is for increase the amount of people who cross in high-risk areas and increase the danger to migrants, chiefly. Um, so there's this, there's this perception, I think, that things changed in January 2021, but they didn't, I think, for most people, certainly people uh, I've met trying to come to the United States to be safe. Um, they still can't, and as you say, they... They still can't see their families. Um, perhaps we should also mention that, like sometimes we talk about um, Friendship Park being binational, but it, it's more than that, right? Like it's not just uh, people from Mexico who come to meet their families at Friendship Park. It's a, it's there's people from all around the world who are unable to come to the United States but are in Tijuana, right? Right, absolutely, it, and uh, you know it's not just uh, you know families that gather there. Uh, it's uh, friendships. It, it's a, an opportunity um, for people from any part of the world uh, to be able to make uh, a connection, make a friend uh, right across that border wall without actually having to cross uh, the border. Uh, if for if whatever reason it may be, they they cannot uh, come across to to the Mex or to the Mexico side. Uh, you know the the park is all about friendship. That's what why uh, to First Lady Pat Nixon was so important the uh, designation of the park in consideration of the great friendship that existed and has always existed. And and you know what? No matter what happens, uh, that, that is going to continue because uh, in particular San Diego and Tijuana, we're really one community. Um, there's a tremendous population in San Diego that have relatives in Tijuana and vice versa. And it's not only, you know, the, the family, but commerce, uh, you know, we're one community and uh, one way or another, you know, uh, people are, are going to stay connected. Uh, always figure out different ways to be able to, to remain connected and have that friendship. Uh, and I think part of uh, the reason for that is because, uh, you know, a lot of people see that that border fence and they see a barrier. But uh, we see that much more than that barrier is the barrier in our heart. And uh, with, you know, the people uh, of our community, that barrier doesn't exist. The only barrier to us is that uh, that fence. Uh, the barrier in our heart does not exist because uh, we have respect for each other and, and we consider ourselves uh, friends and one community on both sides of that border wall. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's, uh, yeah, the, the border exists a lot more sort of uh, on the ground than it does in the community here. Uh, and I think so many thousands of people cross every day. It, it's really odd to have it presented as this hard, impenetrable thing. And then it's also just an annoyance and a reason that we sit in our cars for hours trying to cross north. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? 
why did the internet choose them, and what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time, and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I wonder if we can talk a little bit about because the, the, there's a the friendship park and then there's the the southern side, right? Uh, Parque de la Amistad. 
Right. What's the um, official sort of setup in, in Mexico with regards to the park? It's a little different from the U.S., right? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, the big difference on the Mexico side is uh, like our pastor John Panister says, uh, on the Mexico side is one big party, you know, yeah. one, one big uh, uh, friendly, uh, happy atmosphere, just like what you would expect to find in any part uh, where families gather on, on the weekend and now, you know, during summer vacation, even during the week, uh, you know, a bustling uh, uh, beach city. Uh, with a, a magnificent, friendly park, family-oriented, uh, family-friendly park where where people go to enjoy a uh, a, a a beautiful park. Um, unfortunately, uh, our our friends on the U.S. side uh, cannot enjoy the park as uh, as much as the, our friends on the Mexico side do because of these uh, limitations. Uh, on the park. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. Like you said, it's, it's very contrasting. Like the US side is kind of difficult to get to and it's only open um, certain hours. Or it's, well, it's not open at all post. Uh, we should explain that, right? So it was closed in 2020 uh, for COVID. And then if I understand right, uh, following that, it remained closed because Border Patrol were understaffed, they claim. Right. That is uh, what we have been told at uh, Friends of Friendship Park. Originally, that uh, it was closed because of COVID, uh, and uh, the understanding was that uh, when uh, the COVID situation uh, was over, then uh, that their plan was to reopen Friendship Park. Uh, however, now we're being told that because of a lack of uh, uh, personnel, that they're not able to staff it accordingly uh, to be able to open it. Uh, you know, you touched uh, a little bit earlier on the uh, MPP program. Uh, you know, if there has been increase in incursions uh, into the U.S., a lot of it has to do with uh, the asylum process uh, that has been halted for so many for the la last couple of years. That uh, you know forces people in desperation uh, to take their life uh, at risk and try to gain entry into the U.S. You know, uh, it, it's not that difficult to understand if, if you're living in a country where uh, crime and, and violence is widespread and uh, you have a choice whether you leave your country uh, and travel three, four thousand miles uh, to reach some kind of safety uh, to protect the life of your of your loved ones, of your family, uh, you know, you're you're going to. You're gonna if you risk that you're gonna you're gonna risk you know your life trying to get across it and protect your family, and if the only way you can do it is by jumping over that fence or swimming around uh, that ocean, uh, it you know that's what we've seen happening, and uh, a lot of that has got to do with uh, the asylum process uh, that has uh, been shut down and continues to be shut down. Um, people are gonna continue to try to 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 save their life and their life of their of their family. Uh, that's why we're hoping that um, the asylum process can be uh, reinstated as in international law requires, calls for it, uh, and uh, that would would definitely uh, show a decrease 
in uh, in incursions. Um, again, you know, a lot of these incursions uh, are people trying to reach uh, safety for themselves and their and their loved ones. Yeah, and it's been a very difficult situation in Tijuana for a lot of people. Right? A lot of people have arrived since MPP started. Like for a while, people were camping at the at the at, at the border crossing, right? But in town, like at, at Ped West, yeah, uh, that then is they correct. got cleared. Yeah, it's it's also sort of forcing the uh, all these shelters and nonprofits in Tijuana to saddle the burden, which that they do a very good job with largely, but uh, this, you know, we're this massive richest country on the, on earth. And we're just kind of sort of shutting the door at the minute and saying like, you're not welcome. Right. That, that, uh, that is absolutely correct. Bean dad, the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online and Hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I know that you, uh, you've been doing some events at the Friendship Park, right? You've got a concert coming up. Could you tell us about that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we have a concert coming up uh, for our 51st anniversary. And uh, the uh, headliner for the concert is uh, a gentleman known as the, uh, the father of Mexican rock and roll, uh, which began here, here, I'm saying here, which be, began in Tijuana, Mexico, Javier Batiste. And, uh, you know, what, uh, what is really neat is that uh, Javier Batiste was actually the, uh, the mentor of Carlos Santana. And, you know, yeah. we all love the music of Carlos Santana, an uh, incredible performer. Uh, well, he had his start uh, with Javier Batiste uh, at one point here in, in uh, Tijuana, Mexico. I keep saying here I'm in San Diego, uh, uh, in Tijuana, Mexico. <laughs> and, you know, Javier is, is an icon of, of uh, rock and roll music uh, and of Tijuana. And, you know, what, uh, what I think is really special about this concert uh, is speaking to Javier. Um, you know, his ideals are very much along the ideals of uh, uh, what Friendship Park is all about. And, uh, you know, friendship puts a smile on people's face. And that was something that, that Javier told me personally. Um, I love to play my music uh, because my music puts a smile on people's face and I like to make people happy. That's great. And, and you know, that's the whole idea behind Friendship Park, to make people happy, to have people enjoy uh, a beautiful park, enjoy their families enjoy the friendship across the border that we have. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's very sad. The whole sort of canard is very sad, right? Like the idea that um, we don't have it. We have enough money to build a giant steel barrier, but not enough money to open this place up for, you know, a few hours a week for people to see their families and, and enjoy themselves, enjoy that time together. It just seems almost uh, like pointlessly cruel, I guess, um, which... I don't know, sometimes a lot of the immigration system seems pointlessly cruel to me. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, when you separate a mother from a child, that is cruel. When you won't allow a mother and a child to even be able to gather for a couple hours a week, separate from a barrier, that's very cruel. Uh, when you don't allow people of good nature, of goodwill, 
to visit, even though it is across a barrier, that is not good. Yeah, I think it's important that people across the country, like, obviously, like, it can be really difficult to care about everything, right? Like, it's it's a pretty difficult time with uh, Supreme Court decisions and, and seemingly sort of nonstop mass shootings. It's a difficult time for everyone, I think. But, like, um, I think it's important that people realize that the border is where a lot of these policies get tried for the first time, right? These, these things which... Uh, like if we look at the way that like privacy of people living on the border has been eroded for a very long time and, and that's happening to other people it happened in 2020, right? It was a border patrol drone that was flying over Minneapolis during the protests. Um, so if people want to push back and to show solidarity and support, how can they support the park and how maybe can they support the people who are stuck in, in Tijuana and, w- and want to cross, but not allowed to cross because of, of MPP or title 42 or restrictive asylum uh, sort of legislation? Right. Well, uh, you know, what, what we're asking people to do if, uh, uh, you know, you're in the uh, Southern California area, um, you know, rain or shine, uh, we go ahead and continue having events at Friendship Park on the U.S. side, like our bike rides, uh, our native flora workshops, uh, our border church uh, on, on Sundays at 1.30 in the afternoon, um, we invite people to come and join us. Uh, come and join us on a bike ride. Come and join us on Border Church and show your, your support for the need uh, to continue uh, the work that had been done for so many years at Friendship Park in support of our uh, binational families and our binational community. Uh, also, very important, contact your, your congressman, con- contact your, uh, your senator. Uh, and if you're in California, of course, your, your California senators, uh, assembly uh, persons, um, we need to urge them to, uh, uh, to advocate for us before uh, Homeland Security, um, before the Secretary of Homeland Security, so they may understand the importance of uh, the uh, the friendship park offers not only to the families but to uh, to our communities. Uh, you can secure a border a lot better through friendship than through uh, uh, you know border walls that at a given moment uh, can be breached, uh, as we have seen they 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 have occurred. Um, the strongest uh, security that anybody can ever have is a good, strong relationship uh, on both sides of the border. Yeah, I think that's, that's, uh, that's very well, well said. Um, so if people want to come to Friendship Park, can you just explain how they would uh, get to one of these events, like where they have to go? Absolutely. Uh, what uh, I would recommend is uh, follow us on, uh, we have a Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram accounts, uh, Friendship Park, and also our website, friendshippark.org, where we have information on all the different events uh, on our border church. And this way you can uh, join us uh, on on the U.S. side, or if you want to come to uh, the Mexico side, uh, it's wide open. Uh, You can can go directly right to uh, to the uh, monument area where you can enjoy this uh, this great, beautiful monument uh, to commemorate uh, 
uh, the demarcation of the of the of the two countries. You know, uh, you can you can enjoy it either either way, but we we do like uh, and we stress people to come out and join us on the U.S. side, uh, so that uh, uh, you know we're not forgotten. Uh, so that this beautiful piece of land um, on Borderfield State Park, known as Friendship Park, uh, is not forgotten. And not only that, you know, uh, enjoy the beauty of, of, of the park. We have a beautiful park there, Borderfield State Park, uh, adjacent to Friendship Park. Um, it's something that uh, very uh, few people are being taken advantage of lately. Uh, we've had quite a few more visitors out there. Uh, horseback riding, bicycling, a uh, few families out uh, you know, uh, taking a dip in the ocean. Uh, but uh, this is a beautiful uh, beach that that we have there on the U.S. side, and uh, welcome, you know, our uh, our community, our uh, San Diego to community to come and enjoy it as well. And uh, you know, as you come and enjoy it, uh, you support our efforts uh, to demonstrate the need to uh, keep our uh, park open. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very, uh, yeah, it's, it's not hard for people to help, uh, and I hope they will. How long do we have, do you think? How long do we have before uh, they break ground on this new wall? Right. Uh, we're not sure how long we have. Uh, we were told that it was a matter of weeks. Uh, if, does that mean two weeks, three weeks? Uh, it's hard to say, but we know that uh, it could happen at any, at any time. Uh, and lately, we've uh, observed several uh, uh, crews out there uh, doing uh, uh, surveys and such of the area. So we know that uh, it's uh, any moment uh, there should be breaking ground. And uh, we hope that uh, before that ground breaks, uh, that they will consider our request. And, uh, you know, a call for public uh, uh, uh for public uh, support, for uh, public input as to what the park should look like. Uh, you know, give that consideration uh, to, um, you know, if you're, gonna, you're going to replace walls to make sure that, uh, you know, the, that gates are allotted uh, so that um, these visits can continue. Because as we understand, there's no provision at this point for any kind of, uh, of gate for, uh, you know, for uh, person access, for people access uh, into the area. Uh, that, of course, tells you that there's no intention of continuing uh, at one point to open the uh, park uh, for the visits. Uh, and, of course, that's uh, extremely concerning. Yeah, especially for people separated by the border. Okay, um, so just to finish up, can you give us those uh, social medias and web addresses again where people can find you and help? Sure, absolutely. Uh, if, uh, our website is www.friendshippark.org. Uh, Facebook, you can find us under uh, Friendship Park. Uh, you can also find information under uh, Border Church. Great. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk. I know it's a busy time for you. You're very welcome. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with you today. Thank you. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.